You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. It hit the big screen on this date in 2008 like a ton of trash, but oh how we loved it. WALL-E was the ninth release from Pixar Studios. It raked in over half billion dollars, spawned a line of toys and some very pricey collectibles, made every critic's favorite list, won the Oscar for Best Animated Film and countless other awards, despite being up against Slumdog Millionaire for many of them. I'm Roberto Lewis, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for June 27th. And today we take a closer look at WALL-E and what has come since then. You know the story of WALL-E. Everyone knows the story of WALL-E. And while it had far less actual dialogue than most modern movies, it talked about a lot of things. After 700 years, WALL-E was the last waste allocation load lifter, Earth-class, robot still functioning. He gathered up the trash which had been left in endless piles across Earth and compressed it into little bricks, which he then stacked skyscraper high. It's not exactly subtle social commentary about trashing our planet. WALL-E's social commentary is both far-reaching and damning. B&L, or by and large, is the corporate sponsor of absolutely everything in Wally's world. The Earth is experiencing the Kessler effect, where the number of satellites and space debris in orbit makes launching anything problematic. Bigger and more violent weather systems are the norm. All the people are gone, living the last seven centuries on generational cruise ships like something Elon Musk would envision. We won't even get into Wally's vision of how the human body changes over 700 years of having life served to us in cups. Wally painted a pretty bleak picture of a corporate-run world. Single-minded pursuit of the almighty dollar never ends well. And yet, Wally makes the story plausible by carefully crafting what we see. From the very beginning, we know there's life on Earth. Along with the cockroach, gulls are visible, scavenging over the piles of trash. There can't be much beyond Twinkies that are still edible after 700 years. So, what are the gulls eating? Then, Wally finds the single seedling, where? under a refrigerator, where it was largely cut off from light and water. Strange a single seedling would show up in such an inhospitable place. Then, at the end, the camera telescopes back and we see hillsides bathed in green plants. The city where Wally lived was a wasteland, but somehow we hadn't seen beyond that perimeter. Even hypersonic Eve missed it. Of course, we're talking about a cartoon where robots fall in love, and a handheld fire extinguisher sprays for several minutes instead of seconds. No one expects the Maltese Falcon. Plot holes aside, Wally remains an adorable movie for kids and adults alike. It also has the unique feature of being entirely self-contained. Producer Jim Morris in 2016 said the studio has no intention of making a sequel. They view the story as being complete. There are a little more than 200 movies that have grossed higher than Wally. You can count on both hands the number that don't have, or aren't themselves, sequels. We probably view Wally differently than we did in 2008. We've been through a pandemic, lockdowns, and isolation. We see Wally alone with his endless, thankless job, garnering what joy he can from the things he finds. How many people gave their sourdough starter a name in 2020? We can feel his loneliness more now. And while many of us were labeled essential workers, a recent study shows that 40% of us are certain our jobs make no significant contribution to the world. Perhaps we've begun to view by and large through a more focused eye. And this may seem kind of silly, but remember how Wally learned about love by watching an old VHS tape of Hello, Dolly? Wikipedia's page views for that film jumped as much as 1,800% in the days following Wally's release. In the 14 years since, they have continued to average about three times higher than they were before Wally came out. 
The song La Vie en Rose, which was also featured in the film, has received a similar boost. There's no real way to measure revenues on the Streisand musical, but it has almost certainly enjoyed an expanded audience all these years. Wally did indeed talk about a lot of things. Perhaps the most surprising is the undying influence of Barbara Streisand in a hoop skirt. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for June 27th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.